right. Did we just relaunch our church with a Bell Biv DeVoe parody? I believe we did. Hey, welcome back to Connect Church, you guys. We are so very, very happy to see you at the 9.30 service. You're the early birds. We have an 11 a.m. service that's coming up pretty quickly as well. But you guys are doing church first thing in the morning, and we are super excited you're here today. Now, this morning, as Kyle mentioned to you, we are kicking off a brand new series called Don't Drink the Poison. And our goal, our intention over the next several weeks is to keep you from ingesting poisonous or toxic substances. Now, look, I know you're sitting there thinking, now, Dan, I can't speak for everybody else in this crowd because I'm sure there are some dummies here, but I am not drinking anything poisonous. I haven't been ingesting anything harmful to myself. And that's probably true. You probably haven't been sipping on any antifreeze, okay? I understand that. Although, although some of you guys really like energy drinks, And as far as I'm concerned, energy drinks taste like antifreeze, or at least what I assume antifreeze tastes like, okay? You probably haven't been drinking anything poisonous so far in a literal sense. But when I say poison in this series, I'm not talking about something that will make you physically ill. I'm talking about something that will make you spiritually ill, something that will make you emotionally ill, something that has the power to make you relationally sick. That's what we're talking about. In this series, when we say poison, we're talking about the poison of offense or the toxin of unforgiveness. See, because I'm afraid many of us really are spiritually sick. We're emotionally unhealthy. And the reason is because we allow, consistently, we allow the little things to trigger us and we allow the big things to hold us back, right? Everybody struggles with this to a certain degree or another. How many of you guys know we live in a world in which people are easily offended? They are easily angered. How many of you guys know that? If you doubt that even for a moment, you know what you need to do? Open Facebook. That's it, okay? If you open Facebook, you will see that people are easily offended, easily triggered. So uh, earlier this week, I made a post. I thought this was such a like, non-controversial post, okay? My post was basically this. I said, hey, can you join me in praying for unity and health in our church denomination? That's all I said. You guys, 100 comments later, I had to mute, block, and unfriend somebody because they got offended, they got angered, and then they got obnoxious. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about, right? And this was on a post that was calling for prayer and good vibes among Christians. Like, it's insane that something so simple, something that's so nice, really, would cause people to get so upset, but it absolutely did. Listen to me. This tendency to be quick to speak, slow to listen, and quick to get angry, it is a poison that is killing your marriage, It is a poison that is killing your friendships. It is a poison that has the potential to kill our church. It is a toxin that is literally undermining our society. But is this like our only option, right? Is this the only way we can live where we're just furious all the time? We're easily angered, triggered, bitter, constantly ready to fly off the handle at, you know, the snap of a finger? No, of course not. It doesn't have to be this way. In fact, God offers us a better way forward. How many of you guys are grateful for that? I know I certainly am. God offers us a better way forward. So what I want to do this morning is I actually want to highlight a couple of scriptures, and I want to share with you a few principles that I believe will help you to be less offendable, 
okay? Less offendable, and maybe even might make you less offensive. Maybe for some of you, that's really what you need, okay? You're the one that needs to be less offensive. And I just believe if we were really to do this, it would be so good for us as individuals, and it would be so good for us corporately as well, okay? This is going to be a truth, I believe, that will help us detox our souls according to God's word. Now, how do I keep from drinking the poison of bitterness, anger, and offense. Well, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to stop and recognize. You've just got to acknowledge right up front that offenses will happen in your life, okay? Offenses will happen in your life. Look at what Jesus said here in Luke chapter number 17, verse 1. I don't know if you've ever seen this verse or not. Jesus says, it is impossible for offenses not to come. It is impossible for offenses not to come. You are going to get offended at some point from someone today, maybe even before you leave the parking lot. Hopefully not, okay? But Jesus says it is impossible for offenses not to come. Whether you're ready for it or not, somebody, somewhere, somewhen is gonna upset you very shortly, I'm sure, okay? Look, ladies, your boyfriend is going to forget to do that thing that you asked him to do. He will forget. I don't know what it is about us guys, but we cannot hold more than two things in our brain at the same time. And so if you give him a task, three things long to do, guess what? One of them is not getting finished, okay? Fellas, your wife is going to reject your bedtime advances at some point in the near future, okay? And you're gonna have an opportunity for offense. Your coach is gonna leave you on the bench. And you're gonna say, that's not fair. I'm the best player on the team. Doesn't he know this? Some of you, it's a bigger thing. It's not something silly like that. Like your father has been and will continue to be absent in your life. He ain't coming back. And that is an offense. It is something that has upset you, something that has angered you. It has been a toxin or a poison that you have been carrying around for years. For others of you, a friend betrayed you or you had a business partner that took advantage of you financially. Listen, Jesus is so correct, of course, when he says offenses will come. It's impossible that you will go through life without being offended or that you will unintentionally or sometimes even intentionally offend other people. Now, let me give you a related truth. And this one, you're like, yeah, of course, everybody knows that. This next one's real hard to swallow. Can we put it on the screen here? I will be offended most often and most deeply by the people I'm closest to. Okay. All right now. I will be offended most often and most deeply by the people that I'm closest to. Who's most likely to hurt you? The person you share DNA with. The person you share a bank account with. You share a bank account with somebody, I promise somebody's getting hurt at some point. You spent what on what? The person you might share a toothbrush with. Okay, this is getting weird. I understand that. I understand. Okay. The closer you are to somebody, the more your lives are intertwined and intermeshed, there is increased opportunity for you to be hurt often and hurt deeply. This is, I teach this in premarital counseling. Some of you guys should go through premarital counseling with me, even if you're already married, because we have a lot of fun with this sort of stuff. I love it when a newly married couple, you know, they come into my office and they sit down, they're always holding hands, okay? Always holding hands in premarital counseling. Some of y'all are laughing because you did this. Anyway, they're holding hands and uh, they're, they're just all smiles and I'm asking them about problems in their relationships and they're like, we just don't fight. And I'm like, okay, all right, sure. <laughs> No, she just doesn't upset me ever. Like, he's the perfect guy. We're soulmates. We're gonna live happily ever after. We're just not worried about this whole conflict resolution thing. Listen, can I tell you, like, as a pastor, I'm not allowed to roll my eyes, you know, in counseling, but sometimes I want to. 
That person whose hand you are holding is going to hurt you worse than anybody else on the planet. Now, look, you're going to love them. I'm not saying don't marry them. I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying, let's be real. The closer you are to somebody, the more likely it is that you will be hurt or offended by them. Offense will come. Let's go a step further. Your church will offend you at some point. Look, I'm just telling you, we are a group of imperfect people. And if you are perfect, you're not allowed to join because, you know, like we're going to make you imperfect at some point, all right? I'm just kidding. You're welcome here even if you are perfect. Okay. Listen, as, as a group of imperfect people, there will be a time in which somebody makes a careless remark to you on Sunday morning, okay? It's going to be an opportunity for offense. You're going to get hurt. You're gonna, how could they say that? What did they mean by that? And that will come. I'll be up here preaching a message, and I promise you, if I haven't already, at some point, I'm going to say something that upsets you. It's an opportunity for offense. I'll say some doctrine you don't agree with, or I'll say some personal preference that you're like, I don't share that one. Let me tell you what I think. And you'll blast off an email. It's okay. I love getting your emails. In fact, later in this series, I'm going to read you a couple of emails that I've gotten, not from this church, but from churches in the past. You want to talk about poison. I'll show you some poison in some emails, okay? Church emails are full of poison. All right. All right. All right. All right. Hey, look, there is going to be a point in church in which you're offended. It is going to come. It's impossible that it won't happen. Do you really believe that you could share life with a group of people this amazing and this diverse and at some point find somebody that doesn't disagree with you or upset you about something? No, of course not. Offenses will come. It is impossible that they won't come. Hey, let me go one step too far. Well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll track with me on this, but this is where I'm going to offend some of you, Okay. At some point, you are likely to be offended by God. At some point, you are likely to be offended by God, okay? Now, let's keep this principle in mind here. I will be offended most often and most deeply by the people I'm closest to. So if you are really close to God, eventually you're going to get to know him so well that there will be things that he says in his word, and you're like, (sighs) do you know that most of what Jesus said was not like happy hippie love stuff? It's really not. People who think Jesus was like just this real soft, chill, wise man, they've never actually read what he said. Okay, watch what Jesus said here in uh, Matthew. Let's put this on the screen. Matthew chapter, no, oh, uh, nope, we went too far. Okay, I don't have that on here. Matthew eleven six. 6, sorry about this. Listen to Matthew eleven six. 6. Jesus said this, blessed is the one who is not offended because of me. Jesus said to his disciples, blessed is the one who is not offended because of me me. Look, offense will come. doesn't matter who it is. Eventually, you will find some reason to be upset, to be hurt, to be wounded, to feel like you were taken advantage of. Every single person on the planet will feel that way. Whether it's a stranger on Deerfoot, hello. Whether it's your stepsister, she ain't really even a part of this family. Who does she think she is? Yeah, come on now. I know what goes on in your head. Or hey, listen, if it's the premiere of your province, I don't care what it is. Eventually, somebody is going to offend you. They're going to give you an opportunity for offense. Now, at this point, you're expecting me to say something like, so suck it up, buttercup. Life ain't always going to make you happy. You need to learn to deal. Put down that cappuccino, get a protein shake. I don't know who I'm mocking here, but I like it. I like it. No, that's not what I'm going to say. Although many people in the world will tell you, look, you're going to get offended. You just need to learn to deal with it. You just need to swallow it and let it go. That's not a biblical response to offense. 
That is not what God calls us to. I told you, God has a better way forward for us than the world does. And the world would simply tell you, just ignore it and move on. God gives you something much better, all right? Now, in order for you to know exactly what I mean here and what God wants you to do, I need some help from my lovely wife. Amber, will you bring me that bottle that's underneath your seat? You can bring it right up here on stage. Thank you. Appreciate it. What did you bring me? What is this? Just kidding. This, by the way, you guys, you can stay here for just a sec. This, by the way, is Red Bull. You remember what I said about energy drinks a minute ago and how gross and disgusting they are? This is what it actually looks like. That's why they don't put it in a clear bottle so that you wouldn't see. I've had, okay, this is no lie. I'm not, our live stream's not working this morning, so it's okay if I say this. Somebody saw this sitting on my desk and they asked me if I had a bong. I said, no. Then I was carrying this around and they said, is that beer? Please tell me it's beer because the other thing I'm scared of. And I said, no, it's Red Bull. Okay, so this is what happens when you come to church. We have fun. Okay. Now, look, this bottle actually represents an opportunity for offense. Amber is going to give me an opportunity for offense. She's going to do something that is going to upset me. Probably what happens is she went to the Indian restaurant and she came home with butter chicken for herself and she never called me and asked if I wanted any curry. That never happens in our family. I, I was coming up with something really simple. Okay, now look, here's the deal, okay? This is the first stage of offense. Now, I'm gonna keep it because you gave it to me, but you can stay for just a second. This is the first stage of offense. Somebody gives you something that you really don't want. It's poison. They place it in your hands. And what's crazy is after they give it to you, what do they normally do? They walk away. Thank you, Amber. Appreciate your help. They walk away. Now, check this out. Amber has done something to upset me, to anger me. She's given me opportunity for offense, and I am left holding the poison. Stage one is her giving it to me. Can I tell you, you have no control over stage one. You have no control whatsoever over stage one. You cannot control what other people do in your life. Some of you guys really need to know that because you've been trying to control other people for so long, whether it's your marriage or your finances or whatever the case may be, but that's another story. You can't control what other people do, but in the second stage, we're left holding the poison, wondering, what am I gonna do with this now? What am I gonna do with it? Now look, because we have no control over the first stage of offense, we often believe that we have no control over the second stage of offense. And so we all follow the same pattern. Pastors, non-pastors, men, women, white people, black people, old people, young people, doesn't matter. We all follow the same offense or the same pattern. Somebody gives us a poison, an offense, and you know what we do? We fixate on it. We're just mad about this offense, okay? So we carry it around with us every single day. We'll set it down. We'll just sit there and look at it. Can you believe that she didn't even ask me if I wanted any dinner? Look at this. You know how many times this has happened? All the time, I'm telling you guys. Like, this is, I wish people understood how often I go hungry because, I'm just kidding, that never happens. They teach you in, in Bible college, don't pick on your wife in the messages. I'm breaking the rules here. I'm just using us as an example. We fixate. We look at it from every angle. We measure it. We take stock of the offense. We talk about how terrible it is in relation to every other offense we've ever had. It really bothers us. But eventually, it's not enough that we fixate on it. 
what, else, what do we do next? We start inviting other people to come fixate on it. Like, come over here. Let me, let me tell you what this girl did. Look at this. Can you believe this horrible offense, this thing that she's done, that he has placed in my life? Can you believe they said those things? Does she have any idea how many times I have done this for her? Has she forgotten about that that we did back in the day? All of it. We fixate on it. Then we invite others to fixate on it. We follow this pattern. And then, of course, eventually we drink it, right? Mm. Oh. We swallow the poison. Oh. We swallow the poison. And once you swallow it, it internalizes. It becomes a part of you. It becomes the thing that you carry around. It seeps out. It leaks out into every area of your life and the lives of the people who are around you. There's a first stage of offense that you have no control over. Then there is a second stage, and it is in this second stage that you are responsible to God in how you respond to the offense that's been handed to you. What typically happens is we move from the opportunity of an offense to a lifestyle of being offended. We move from the opportunity to the consistent rhythm, habit, lifestyle. Maybe we could put it like this. Maybe this will help you to process these opportunities for offense that come every single day. Offense is an event, but offended is a choice. So, like, it's not wrong. Like, if somebody does you wrong, that's, that's, that's the ghetto definition. That's the Texas definition of offense. Somebody done did you wrong. Now, look, if somebody done did you wrong, it is not wrong to feel upset in that moment. But if you continue to carry that every single day, you have moved from offense as an event to offended as a choice, as a rhythm, as a habit, as a lifestyle. Listen, there are some marriages in the room that are defined by that. There's some friendships that are defined by that. There are some folks that don't come to church anymore because they had an event, offense, offense, event, and then it became ingrained. It became something much deeper. This happens in every single area of our lives and societies, you guys. Offense is an event, but offended is a choice. Look at this verse, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. It's so good. The passage says, good sense makes a person slow to anger. Good sense will make you slow to anger. Now, look, it doesn't say that you never get angry. There are things in life that are worth getting angry over. There are offenses in life that are worth being offended over, okay? But this passage says good sense makes you slow to get angry. And it says it is to a person's glory to overlook an offense. To overlook an offense. To understand there is an event And then there is a response. I have no control over this, but how I respond, that matters. That will make a difference. You guys, you don't have to swallow the poison of offense, of anger, of bitterness. You don't have to carry that around every single day. You can let go. You can choose to feel offended without living offended. That's okay. That's even healthy. That is certainly biblical. Slow to anger. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. In your anger, do not sin. The Bible is not saying that it's bad to get upset, angry, or even offended at points, but it's how we handle that that matters. We've got to do it. We've got to respond in a healthy, biblical, and Christ-like way. Now, Some of you guys, this is your first time at Connect. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. And you're like, okay, Dan, cool, 
but I'm going to be real honest with you. You sound a lot like a self-help speaker at this point. Like I could have gone to any hotel ballroom in the city and I could have got a talk just like this. You have to sprinkle a couple Bible verses in there. Wow, way to go. Okay. Now, if you've been here long enough, you know that I preach different styles of messages and some are deep, deep, deep in the word and some are, you know, hey, they're designed to help you in the day to day. Okay. Nothing wrong with either one of those. But listen, we're not going to leave this just at self-help. I'm not going to let you walk out of here today misunderstanding the real reason and motivation for being able to let go of offense so that you do not live offended every single day. And I'll tell you, the reason, the rationale, the motivation that the scripture gives you for learning to be unoffendable, it is something that the world cannot offer you. Tony Robbins will never, ever, ever be able to give you this reason, this help, okay? It is not something we can get from the world. It is something we can only get from the word. Let me show you a powerful, powerful verse. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 19. Scripture, Paul here, the apostle Paul, he's, he is uh, reteaching the gospel to some Christians. They need to be reminded of what God has done for them, who God is, how much he loves them, what he has done on their behalf. And so he writes to them in this letter, this, I mean, just absolutely incredible Verse. There's a whole bunch of incredible verses here, but look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, it's verse 19. I forgot the one on there. Sorry, I can't type very well. This passage, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's offenses against them. Not counting people's offenses against them. Listen, the reason that you as a Christian should not hold on to offenses, bitterness, grudges, the reason that you should release people from the wrongs that they've done to you, release yourself from the burden of carrying around all of this stuff, it's not really so that you can have a happier, better life. It does give you that. But the true motivation is, God has already released every single one of us from our offenses in Jesus Christ. This is what we have to celebrate on Sunday mornings. Listen, we have an incredible band, and I love to come hear them play. We have wonderful volunteers who make people from every different background imaginable feel welcome on Sunday mornings. I even think the guy that speaks on stage is halfway decent. There is a lot to like about Sunday mornings at Connect. But can I tell you, we are not here because of the building. We are not here because of the music. We are not here because of the kids' ministry. We're not here because of the technology because we can't get that to work anyway. I'm here because of Jesus and what he did. He changed my life. It doesn't matter how many times I tell you guys this. I was a poor kid from a trailer park in Texas. My parents were meth heads. I had nothing to do with Jesus or religion whatsoever. And then one day I met Christ and my life was changed. I realized that in Jesus, God is not holding my offenses against me. So how dare I hold offenses against others? I got to release them in Jesus name in the same way that he released me in Jesus name. See, some of you guys This is the reason you came to church this morning. This is the reason you came, because you need to know that God is not holding your offenses against you, that in Jesus, every mistake you've ever made has been undone, 
that every wrong, evil, terrible thing that you've committed, stuff you've never told any about, it has already been forgiven by Jesus. That you don't have to carry the weight around of it anymore because God has released you from that offense. See, this is, this is what's so interesting, and we're going to talk more about this in coming weeks. This word offenses is often also translated throughout the New Testament as the word sin. It's often translated as the word sin. So when we're saying God was not counting people's offenses against them, it's literally saying God is not holding our sins against us, our mistakes, our transgressions, our rebellion, our stupidness. God is not holding any of that against us. Listen, when somebody offends you, when they done did you wrong, it feels like they have sinned against you. Can I tell you something? Every single person on the planet, including yours truly, has done did God wrong at some point. God has house rules for his children. Every person on the planet was created by God the Father. We are all brothers and sisters. We really are, okay? And God has house rules for his kids. But let's be real, we have all chosen to break the house rules. Many of us have chosen to run away from the Father completely. Now, we have offended God. We have sinned against our Father. This is not like, you're a terrible person, how dare you? No, this is like me. I'm telling you my story. We have offended God. And so what happens is we think, okay, I, I know deep down inside, if I'm just real honest, I've got all these offenses. I'm sure I have angered God, whoever it is he might be. And the good news of the scripture, the good news that we proclaim every single week at Connect Church, the good news that your friends and family need to hear, the good news that somebody needs to tell your coworkers and your boss, hello, is that all of our sins have been completely and gloriously forgiven through Jesus who died on our behalf so that we could be raised to life with him in new relationship with God. That is what Christianity is about. You're saying, well, listen, I've got an aunt who's religious and she never told me that. She told me if I wore shorts that went above my kneecaps, then I was not right with God. I understand that. God has forgiven that offense. Okay, no, just kidding. Listen, the reason that we overlook offenses. The reason that we choose not to drink the poison is because God has removed the poison from us and our relationship with him. He doesn't hold it against us. He doesn't count our offenses against us anymore. Now listen, if you have been made free, then you have the opportunity to live in freedom. Hey, you have the opportunity to help other people live in freedom. But you can't live in freedom and you can't help other people live in freedom until you have been set free yourself, until you have embraced God's offer in which he says, listen, if you'll just cry out to me, if you'll say, God, I know I've gotten it wrong. I'm sure I have broken your rules, whatever it is they might be, but I need forgiveness and I need a fresh start. He promises you, he will give it to you. That is the good news that we celebrate. And once you receive that, then you can go on and live free and you can help other people to do the same. If God is not counting our offenses against us, we've got to be able and willing to do the same thing for the other people in our life. So we're going to pray, and then I'm actually going to show you where we're going over the next four weeks in our message, because I think it's important for you to see what's going to happen. Okay, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you for giving us the truth, for telling us bluntly that we will be offended in life. 
And that offense isn't necessarily a sin, but God, it is an opportunity for us to respond in healthy spiritual ways or to respond in unhealthy and sinful ways. I just pray, God, that um, you would forgive us for drinking the poison of anger and bitterness, for getting upset and frustrated, for lashing out at the people in our life. We need forgiveness. We need a fresh start every single day. And so we pray that together, God. Will you forgive us? for our offended nature, for constantly being upset and angry, God. Create in us a new spirit that allows us to be patient, loving, kind, good, generous in all things, rather than constantly upset and offended. God, I pray that you would help us to overlook offenses in our lives not to ignore them, certainly not to swallow them and internalize them, but God, help us to overlook them the way that you do. To understand that the offenses have not magically gone away. The offenses have been paid for by Jesus. God, my sins against you have been paid for by Jesus. Her sins against me have been paid for by Jesus. Our sins against them have been paid for by Jesus. And so we pray, God, that you would help us to have this right mindset, to understand that the offense has already been dealt with. We don't have to deal with it on our own. And God, we thank you for your mercy, that you don't hold our offenses against us. And God, when we do, when we hold on to bitterness, when I'm angry, God, when we lash out, when we show ourselves to be sinful people, that your grace is more than sufficient for our weakness and that you still love us and you still give us chance after chance after chance to learn to live according to the spirit, not to get it right, not to learn to be perfect, but instead to learn to walk according to the spirit. So we honor you. We thank you. This is the reason we're here today, God, to celebrate you and to uh, proclaim your goodness uh, on behalf of Jesus who who died uh, for each one of us. So again, thank you, Father. We pray all of this in the name of Christ who redeems us. Amen. And before the band comes, because we got one more song. I mean, listen, after a message like this, I need to sing some more. I just need to celebrate, okay? But I want to show you where we're going because, listen, again, I think you need to invite somebody to come back. I think you need to find somebody in your life who might need to hear this, okay? And we all do, really. Next week, we're going to talk about the real cause of offense in relationships. And it's not what you think it is. It's not because you married the wrong person. Can I tell you that? There is a reason that you and I are constantly offended in our relationships. It's not what we think it is. On July 4th, all right, America's birthday, uh, we're going to deal with poisonous people in our lives. How do I deal with somebody who is just awful? They're constantly drinking the poison. They're constantly spewing toxin everywhere. How how do we deal with it? July 11th, we're going to talk about purging the poisons that you swallowed long ago. So that that family stuff that you've never dealt with, the divorce that has been haunting you, the regret you carry around since you were 14 years old. We're going to be dealing with that on July 11th. And then on July 18th, we're going to talk about the deadliest poison of all because we haven't even gotten there.